What's going on everybody? My name is Tristan and you're about to watch the Bethel Moments podcast. But before we get into this, make sure you subscribe, comment, and share. What's up everybody? Welcome to episode four of the Bethel Moments podcast. This is kind of like a bonus episode for you guys. And I have Dr. Dave Migliar. He is like an amazing man. He's a businessman and he's like been working with this ministry that has been going throughout the nations and it's spreading. And honestly, the principles that he's going to discuss with us today they really like changed my life and they're continuing to change my life. And uh, he has a word and he's going to speak to us about identity today. So I'm going to go ahead and give him the floor and let him uh, take over here. Dr. Dave, welcome. All right. Well, thank you, Tristan. It's a pleasure to be here. I just like to open with prayer. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to be with Tristan, all the people that are tuning in today, Lord. Uh, we just ask for your spirit to fill us and to just help us with uh, really sharing your thoughts on identity in Jesus' name. So w- when you you had asked me uh, to talk about identity, you know, the first thing I do is, is I Google because uh, I'm a wordsmith. And so words are powerful. And so the first thing I always do is Google it. And the second thing I do is say, what does, what does the word of God say about identity? And so I told you yesterday that... Uh, you know, I'm going to just wait on the spirit of God and he'll tell me what to say. Cause there's a, it says uh, when they bring you before the powers and the magistrate, be not concerned what they say for in the hour the Holy spirit will tell you what you ought to say. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I've tried to live my life like that. It's hard because I'm very cerebral and I think things too much. And so uh, when I, you know, it started, I Googled identity. It said, it's the fact of being a, a who you are it's it means close similarity or close affinity and first thing i thought was what does similarity and affinity mean and so affinity is a similar characteristic in a relationship and so it means to act like and so when we have an identity we identify with something we start to act like that person we identify with and the similarity means to resemble without being identical so you look like them. And so it's interesting that those two words to look like, act like is just really in, in Genesis as we were created in likeness of God. And so we can look like him and we can act like him. And so about, you know, to, when I identify, who do I identify with my, we change every day. I change my shirt, my clothes, my pants, my schedule, so we're constantly changing. There's nothing more ever present than change, but transition is from the inside out and the deep inside from our spirit, soul, and body. And so I thought about identity and I thought, man, my identity has changed so much over the years. You know, uh, I was uh, raised like uh, about, oh, about 25 years ago, I met my wife and gave me my first I was 38 years old and didn't even have a Bible and uh, I was a, a proud heathen and and uh you know I was a good person and uh I I didn't really know what the word of God said and so it was amazing at that time my wife had given me a Bible a friend of mine who was an old part buddy of mine we'd got drinking and partying got saved in a mission trip the Red International, he came back and wanted me to go to church with him. And so my wife, my girlfriend at the time, a Bible, I've been my drinking partners. We got to start going to church. 
And the pastor says, hey, would you like to say the word of God with me? And so those three things just changed my life. And so shortly after that, I came into one of the big trials of my life. And, uh, and really, for the first time in my life, I dropped down on my knees and said, Lord, I can't do this without. I just remember a light filling the room. You know, and at that point, my identity changed. And, and so I invited Christ into my heart. And so when we invite him in, we accept him as a savior. We're given a new heart, a new spirit, and a new power. So we have an extensive study of Solomon's temple in our history. Uh, and it's called Be Transformed. It was written by Chuck and Nancy Missler. And you'll be taking that later on, Tristan. It's an amazing course that uh, really helps us to understand identity crisis that's going on and how we can change identity. You know, because you think ID, uh, you have a driver's light. My driver's changes every, I think, years. You get a new picture. Uh, you look different. You're probably more you may have shrunken your identity changes all the time but christ we have a foundation and so i thought about you know how do i act like someone and to me is you got to get to know them so when you know somebody to get to know if i want to get to know you i want to you experience you and i want to be able to engage by asking questions listening and learning that's really the process of getting to know someone and that's made, we get to know God, we get to know Jesus by the Bible, study of the Bible. And I've uh, uh, never been an avid reader, but man, I just, ask, as I grow in, I'm just on to God because it says draw close and he'll draw close to you. And so I find myself doing Bible studies every morning now. I do a devotional and uh, man, it's just, it's my spirit and my spirit, you know, if you think about from the top down, we feed our spirit, which will go into our soul, which goes into our body. So I really believe I've been a, a dentist for 40 years and I've worked with a, the physical body that I can see that at, as we grow spiritually, it feeds our soul, become healthier. And I'm probably the healthiest ever been because I have balance, three part being, balance in my spirit, my soul, and my body. And I've had, I've had my heart five times. I've been in the tunnel a couple times. I've had blood clot, VTs, and pulmonary, and almost died several times. And so I've been in that situation. It's just me and Jesus. And, uh, and so it, it changed because I realized, man, he sent me back for a reason, and we're all here for a purpose. And once we, we understand this, this of identity, who we are in Christ, it changes our perspective we start to see things differently. We start to see also differently. We start to act upon that. So just wanted to give you a scripture about, it says in Ephesians 4 and 22, it says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former man life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. He renewed the spirit of your mind to put on the new self identity. And so the, the process of identity is a, is a, going process it's who do you identify with not in this in this month who do I identify when I wake up in the morning do I seek first the kingdom of God am I with it says if you seek ye first the kingdom of God all things will be added to you well man I, be, I want all those things added to me first thing in the morning so I would I was kind of disciplined 
that. And over the years, I found, man, my life is so much better and more consistent when I'm in the word first. And so that's just a given now for me. And so now with my devotional, the scripture that it really bases the devotion on, I read that whole chapter now. And I have a buddy in Los Angeles, uh, Corey, and I'll shout out to Corey and Evelyn, that each we send a report and how well we've met our needs in the three areas of soul, mind or will, emotion in our three-part being. And it's amazing when we start to measure, there's a, in Habakkuk's, if we measure ourselves, God's blunt plumb line, we're supposed to do that. And a famous sales trainer, Tom Peter, you measure grows. And so if we start to really measure ourselves, you that in the, in the GEI, you, you rate yourself on a principle. And so you're starting to measure against God's plumb line. When we start to do that, we start to become more aware of the changes in us. And so another scripture, which says Psalms 39, 14, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And so what happens is God plants us in planet earth. I call, I call it the lie, lie earth. And so we come down to the earth, the lie. We come into this environment and there's, there's people environment that start to program minds based on our, on their thinking so then we go off to school and we get all the other people's thinking we have all this input this sensory input it goes into our soul which impacts our spirit. and so in the process of transformation we have this network of thoughts and caroline leaf's a book uh, switch on she talks about every thought occupies physical real estate had the technology you could go in and pull out a thought and project it on the screen and see what a person was thinking. And so every thought matters. So for me, with this new idea of the, every thought that I think will either, I will identify with the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. And so every thought that I have, if that is a protein in my brain, at the day, if I've had, uh, and, and there's been a study, they said that the average person has about 70 to 80,000 a day, and 95% of them are unconscious. We're not even aware of our thoughts. Well, guess what the Bible says? Hold every thought captive, cast down all imagination and bring it. It's a punishing all disobedience. And so we have to learn to be aware of our thoughts. We want to change our identity and who we are. And so thoughts, if you at the end of the day, if you've had said 80% of these thoughts are negative or critical or, hey, I could have done, oh, I should have done that. Oh, I didn't do that. You have all this negative charge in our brains and it creates a state. And so your brain is a chemical plant that responds to our thinking. And so if we think all the time and ungodly thoughts, then we create a negative state. Our brain stops producing chemicals that make us feel good, endorphins and enkephalins. And for people that have, suffer from depression and things like that, they have to take something externally because the, the chemical plants stop producing the chemicals that make us. And so our physiology is really tied into our spirit and what we do and think. And so this idea of, of identity is so linked into the of the mind, uh, transforming our thinking, um, I really think that uh, this process of identity and transformation is so key in just what our thinking is. You know, one of the things uh, 
uh, our parents would say, what thinking, Tristan? You know, what were you thinking? You could answer, say, I don't know. I'm not aware of 95% of my thoughts. And so if we really start to look at that, we really can change our identity. It's, it's a difficult process. I mean, it's very difficult. The Bible says you're called, but fewer. And so it says, I've not chosen, you've not chosen, but I've chosen you to go and bear fruit, fruit. And so God has chosen us beginning of time. And as the chosen ones, we're supposed to really manage our thought life and transform our lives. And so you have identity. You asked me about identity that, you know, who to identify with during the day, how to manage my thought life. What would I rate myself holding my thoughts? Every negative thought that I have, what I do with it, I want to be aware of the negative thoughts, the ungodly thoughts. And the first thing I do is just say, Lord, cast these negative thoughts at your feet. You know, there's a, there's a, the inner court ritual in Solomon's temple. It was called the Holocaust altar where they, the priests would have to make a, li- a living sacrifice. They would burn animals on the altar and they were cleansed in that process. And so for us, it's a cleansing process that we cleanse ourselves before we go into the presence of God, then he can hear us. And so the cleansing process, there's three things that cleanse us. It's God's spirit, God's word, and, uh, and God's love. And so, uh, you know, if, if we do that, then, we're cleansed vessels, and now you have more peace. You have the presence of God. And so my identity, like I said, can be different each day. Who did I identify with? How did I manage my thought life? But at the end of the day, it's not at the end of our life that matters. It's at the end of each day. You know, can I lay down my head and rest? You know, there's a problem with people sleeping. There's anxiety is, is a major problem with that. I had to deal with anxiety attacks for three years after I had my heart stopped. And I found that the only way I could do that was to learn to manage my thought life, that every negative thought that I had built up as a negative charge. And at the end of the day, if I'm anxious, it's because I wasn't connected to a positive source. I wasn't connected to positive thinking and Christ-like thinking. And so with that, I think, I think I, I, I covered it from my heart, Tristan. I, I, first thing I do is go to my head, but I wanted to speak from my heart. So I hope that's enough for the viewers. And I hope that they can see it's my heart that I wanted you to see today. Yeah. Wow. That, that is, um, that was powerful. Um, we are having a little bit of technical difficulty, so it was going a little bit in and out, but it's okay. Um, so now guys, we're going to move into like a discussion that I wanted to ask you, Dr. Dave about, um, like how can we manage the identity crisis in America as Christians? Like how can we stay in love with everything going on in America? And like, what do you believe is the, um, solution to the identity crisis? Well, uh, to me, that's a simple one. It's the Holy spirit. That uh, one of the challenges with as our three part being our, our soul is a neutral area. And so our mind, our will and our emotions, we're either filled with the world from the outside world or we're filled with God's spirit. And so when God's spirit is flowing into our soul, we haven't grieved or quenched the Holy Spirit. Then we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have that new willpower. We say, Lord, what do you think? You know, we have the mind of Christ, but we, our thoughts aren't his thoughts. Jesus said, your thoughts aren't my thoughts. And so my question is, how do I think like Jesus? 
what hit me one day is I should just ask him, what do you think, Lord? And so the founder of our ministry, John Schrock, said, Dave, he says, I never read the Bible from front to back all at once. But he says, I ask God what he thinks all day long. And so I started doing that. And it's amazing if you just practice that. Hey, Jesus, what do you think about this? What do you think I should have for breakfast? What do you think I should say to this person? Do you think I should go? If we just start asking him what he thinks, we're entering into a relationship with him, which is really one of the parts of the, the definitions of identity is affinity is a characteristic suggesting a relationship. And so if I go into this relationship with God and I have a perpetual conversation, his spirit is flowing into my soul. And now my identity is changed. I don't have to, he changes it. And so I hope that answers, but, but the answer for that is really keeping the gate open. Uh, you know, the, the Bible says that uh, he's with us. He never leaves us. Then why do we struggle? Because there's a gate between our soul and our spirit in Solomon's temple. And that gate is closed. He's still in us. He's still in our spirit, but he can't come into our soul because we've closed the gate. And so we have a limited ability to overcome because that gate is closed. And so don't quench the Holy spirit. Uh, don't don't quench him. Don't grieve him by, and we do that through obedience. We do that. How do you, how do you become obedient if you don't know what he, he's thinking, you know, <laughs> obedience, I think in the, in the Latin means obediary means to listen. And so if I just say, Hey Lord, what do you think? It's a lot easier to be obedient, isn't it? Yeah, that, that is true. Man. Um, the, the interesting thing with me is that I've realized my, a lot of the time I struggle with like, um, self-doubt and things like that as, um, I walk throughout the day and, just like you said, being in constant prayer with God, like, is this actually what you believe about me, God? Um, in ministry school, we, we tried to um, take our negative thoughts and ask God, is this what you believe? And 90% of the time, that negativity is not of God. Because the I, like, I had my uncle on and he was talking about the I and the your statements. And a lot of the time, it's not us saying, like, I'm an idiot. That, that's, that's not us. That's the enemy speaking into us. And it's not of God. And that's something I'm trying to pay attention to, because when you grasp those thoughts and those beliefs, um, God will start to, to shape your identity and, and change you into the things that he believes about you. And uh, some things that I, I just felt like God wanted me to tell you guys that are watching is like you you have like core things that are your identity. And I just want you guys to remember these things like you are a child of God. You are a co-worker of God. You are light and you are a masterpiece. You are a new creation, a temple of the Holy Spirit, and you are blameless and you are chosen. And you guys can go through and just read a couple verses I have for these are just like 1 John 3, 2 says, Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he see, as He is. And I think that just like blows my mind because when I realize that I'm like a child of God, like that's my identity. Like I'm his son. I'm, I'm an heir to his throne. And that, that when, when you know that, nothing, nothing can change that in your life. So what, what do you believe like, somebody needs to to hear today about 
their identity and God like like well you mentioned believe you said that if you believe these things you know and uh, that's what faith is you you're I'm a believer but the problem is most of us are more posers than believers because to believe something you can say those things but do you really be, believe them because if you believe them you wouldn't walk around beat up all the time you know and so I love Charles Capps ministries they talk about uh, a belief, faith is, is just basically means you're fully convinced of something. If, if somebody tells you you're ugly, you're stupid every day of your life, they've convinced you. So you go around thinking you're ugly and you're stupid because you have those little baby brain cells that get filled with those thoughts and those thoughts are stored in our brains. And so the idea of belief is be fully convinced. That's why the repetition of the rain, I can do all things through Christ. If you say that 10 times a day, you've put 10 positive charges in there. I can do all things through Christ. I'm the head and not the tail. All those things you said, if you say it one time, you you think it, but you won't believe it. And so to believe means you're fully convinced. I played college athletics and I was a quarterback in college. And I knew that if I threw the football 100 times a day, I would throw it more than most high school athletes. And so I became proficient at it. And so if I say, Lord, uh, what do you think a hundred times a day? And I listen, do you think that'll change my life? Do you think I'll start hearing his voice more clearly? You know, because like I've heard your voice for the first time. Maybe we talked on the phone. Now I see your face. But if we did this every day, I would know you better. I would believe in you more because I've experienced you. But it's really just through repetition, the renewing, continual renewing that we we really change our identity and, and who we are. That's amazing. So um, tell me about the principles. I, I know about it, but I don't think everybody else knows about it. And I really think that you guys should look into this and he's going to explain it to us um, because I think that the principles also help with us building our identity. I mean, it's helped me in several ways, you know? Yes. Yes. And, and we always say that the, the principles um, are really principles for living life God's way. And so Lored was founded years ago by John Schrock, and he met with a group of guys that were failing in life financially, everything. And he said, if you'll spend uh, an hour a week with me, I'm going to show you how God runs a business. And so uh, that's how Lored was really started. They started doing these roundtables, and they all became millionaires after a few years because they were doing business God's way. And so over the years, those principles have spread through uh, South America, the prison systems in Colombia. They went from Colombia to Guatemala. They went through the government, the attorneys, the Supreme Court. And so uh, they're actually uh, just found out they're going to be doing roundtables in the in the prison in New York City. What's that famous prison? Um, gosh, it, I can't think of it right now, but they're going to be doing a roundtable in, in the most difficult prison because they said nothing is working. We're not changing lives. And so they know that this worked in the Columbia prison systems. And so the principles are all over the world. We have a program that you can enter. If you go to uh, www.internationalgei.com, we have a program that Tristan is in. It's a one-year program where you study principles uh, with a, a mentor and a coach somewhere around the world that you engage on a weekly basis. So it's really discipleship. You know, that's one of the challenges is when you accept Christ, discipleship, one-on-one -on -one discipleship is key 
to your transformation. And that's what we are all about is the one-on-one relationship, helping walking through these principles together so that that voice in our head tells us what God would do. And that's what's important. Yeah, um, that's amazing. And I, I'll put a link in the description for you guys so you can go check it out because I, I really believe that it's changing lives and it's amazing. So in Africa in general, I kind of wanted to talk, how have you seen God change lives over there and what, what you've been doing? In your well, and, you know, I, I don't, I've only got to meet maybe two of our students over the year. We've had over 600 students come through and we're in over a hundred nations. And so Actually, uh, this coming weekend, uh, actually at the end of August, one of our students who's been in the program for eight to 10 years is coming in from Cameroon. And there's just the the process of just seeing the the nation of Africa, the way they struggle with everything, just getting up every day and having a meal and and the struggle they have is tremendous. And so all they really have is, is God and God's word. And so they're able to walk in, in this abundant life when everything around them is crumbling. And, and if you look at America, in a way, a lot of things are crumbling around us. And we're supposed that Jesus came that we might live a life in more abundance. Well, how do we and what does abundance look like? I believe it's the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. If you have those things in your life, you are living an abundant life on a regular basis. And so we see that in Africa. We see the fruit of everything going wrong in life, but having the Holy Spirit and God's principles in our hidden chambers of our subconscious that have a voice that speak into us when we're struggling. Amazing. All right. Well, Dr. Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Would you mind... uh giving like an impartation of identity to everybody just in a way like um, sure sure i have to google that word first (laughs) but you know uh, to me an impartation of identity was like seek ye first the kingdom of god you know if we just if we just understand that we're spiritual beings first and we have a we have a we're a three-part being we are created in the image and likeness of god we have a body a soul and a spirit and Jesus's last three days of his life, he mentioned all three. At the Last Supper, he said, this is my body, which will be given up to you. Uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, my soul is weary to the point of death. And on the cross, he says, Father, into your hand, I commend my spirit. And so we really start to understand that we're a three-part being. We're a spiritual being in a temporary physical container, and our soul keeps a record of our life. And so if we understand that this identity is, is going to change when we understand that the power of God is at hand, Jesus, when Jesus came, he says the kingdom of God is at hand. It didn't say in hand because we have to reach out and grab it. And so if we reach out and grab these principles, if we understand that we're spiritual beings and that our identity is in Christ, then we will start to understand how to thrive in really difficult times. Right. Thank you. Um, That understanding that is it's it's it sounds simple, but it's hard at times for people, I believe. I mean, when I first became a Christian, that that is something that I struggled with was like understanding my identity in him and that three part being that you're talking about. Like I've been trying to read my Bible every night 
I've been trying to go to the gym, things like that. Cause like taking care of my body, my mind, my spirit, you know, and staying in continual prayer is a big thing. Like, and continual worship. I try to like, in everything I do, I try to give glory to God, you know? And, um, I think that that's changed my life, you know, and changed my, uh, my being in him. Absolutely. You know, and that relationship, uh, is only made possible through, you know, the blood of Christ. And so now I have an opportunity to, to talk to the creator every day, you know, and, and I found, you know, I wasn't the guy that did that the first 40 years of my life. I was, I was really getting really good in the world, you know? And so to me, uh, when I faced death several times in my life, I started really asking myself, you know, what is this about, you know, and why am I here? Why did God spare me? Why me? You know, why did he send me back after having my heart stopped several times? And so I realized that, that there's a life after this. And in the last chapter in Revelation, it says in red, I have a reward for you for your deeds, which is what you did with your life. And so, uh, you know, it's not about perfection. I can't, I'm made perfect in Christ. It's not about performance. I had a performance mentality in athletics and academics. And so it's really about second Peter. It says, make every effort. And so my friend and I have been rating ourselves on the fruit of the spirit, man. Some days like how I do with love, man, I got a three today. And, and every day it's like, I feel like I'm falling short. And it dawned on me that, that when we do that, we're always going to fail. I, I, I fail every day. And John Maxwell says, fail forward. And so, but I realized that if I just make every effort, because I started rating myself on my effort and I'm saying nine and a half, 10, man, I make an effort every day. And that's the key is, is make every effort. Look at second Peter chapter one. It talks about the steps to spiritual maturity. It's, are you making every effort? So Tristan, if you just make an every, like you have to ask God, what does it mean? Every effort, you know, did I do my best that I get it right? I'm going to get it wrong every day, but I, I will make every effort I can to love people the way God loves people to show kindness, to show meekness, to be generous, to do all those things. I may not score a 10 out of 10, but I'm going to make every effort. If I can, because I think when I get up to the gates, I'm going to have a round table with God. He's going to say, tell me about your effort. Not about, hey, did you get a 10 on all these? No, he's going to say, tell me about your effort. Because that ties into the last chapter. It says, I have a reward for what you did or your deeds. And that has to do with our effort. Wow. Amazing. Well, thank you, Dr. Dave, for coming on. I appreciate it. This was Thank amazing. you, Tristan. It's been a blessing to, to see your face for the first time. We've talked yeah. on the phone. I've seen your emails going on for several months here now. And, and just like I said, is, is engaging each other and getting to know each other. That's what we have to do with God. Yes, we do. So thank you for your time. And let me pray for your ministry. Thank you. I appreciate it. Lord, I I just uh, thank you for Tristan, Lord, and all the young people out there that are just seeking your face, Lord. Uh, We know it's difficult times, Lord, and I think it'll probably get worse before it gets better. But we know in the end who wins, Lord. So we're champions uh, right at the get-go, Lord. So I just ask you to continue to bless Tristan in his pursuit and his efforts and all the people that listen to this podcast today, Lord, that you touch them in a way in Jesus' name. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you can stay up to date with all Bethel Moments content.